Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Download. We're here, uh, part two of our discussion on leading when your team is older and more experienced than you. We hope you're enjoying this content. Feel free to catch part three next week. Um, follow us on Spotify. We're on Spotify now, Apple Podcasts. We have our website, www.theleadershipdownload.com. Check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and feel free to engage. Um, We have a lot of cool things coming up soon, and uh, we're looking for a great community to engage with. So here's part two of um, leading when your team is older and more experienced than you. Enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's important that we also just kind of reiterate, go back to that that first point there, though, that we, we need to acknowledge their experience and their expertise, but don't use that for a reason not to lead. Yeah. You see, I, I did this in another in another previous management position. You know, like I said, this is something I've relived as almost a horror show in some in some cases. And that's why I think it's so important to talk about is, you know, I, I've I've lived in this world of where I saw uh, one of my other my, one of my other leaders that, you know, I was supposed to be leading and supposed to be giving direction to and casting vision for the, you know, what we were trying to do as a location. But because their expertise was so high, I decided to just to, to not almost just kind of like let them be their own little island over there at the maintenance facility. And, and I didn't interject like I should. And, and oftentimes that led to a lot of disconnected uh, confusion and, and, and luckily I was able to come around and I began to take the guy, the, this manager who was under, under my direction to lunch. And we began to connect and we began to realize that, Hey, you know what? Yeah. You have a lot more experience than me. And yeah, but yet at the same time, we, you can follow my direction and I'll give you a lot of autonomy to kind of do what you need to do because I trust you. I trust your work. But at the end of the day, we still have to lead. We can't lead, leave that back door open to just let whatever happened happen. And I think that's a mistake we make um, when we have, when we're intimidated by someone we're this, we say, Oh, they already know what they're doing. I'll just let it go. And we can't let that happen. It's super important that we, we continuously understand that we still have to lead. Yeah, and then moving on to the next one, it's uh, you want to let their experience shine publicly. I think this is so important, and I, I learned this through a, an abroad experience where <clears throat> where I came in knowing nothing about the environment, knowing nothing about how to lead this team, lead this operation, and all I did was make sure that the people that were holding the fort, holding the location, holding the business down, and knowing what was going on is, is uh, having that shine publicly, having mm-hmm. that, you know, making sure that the people that are really holding the fort down are getting recognized. And that really shows um, you as a leader of how you are, that you're not, you're not trying to uh, be, get that acknowledgement or publicity of, of some sort, you know, for get, or getting credit for what your team is doing is, is you're, you're giving credit where it is, uh, do if I, if I'm saying that right. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. You know, it's, it's important because, you know, one of the, one of the things that as leaders, especially as managers, right. So we're all reporting to some, 
some, you know, corporate office or maybe we're in the corporate office. But for most of us, we're we're always going to be answering to someone at, at a higher capacity. And one of the temptations of operating when when you're trying to please your, you know, your superiors and the people that are above you is that oftentimes when you have success, one of the things you enjoy doing is you reap the benefits of the team's work. And one of the easiest things to do is just take credit for all the work that's being done. You don't pass any of that praise or any of that recognition onto the rest of your team. And oftentimes that's easy to do because, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to work for that next promotion. You're looking to, you know, influence more people and a lot of that can be done through success. But mm-hmm. one of the things, you know, I, I've realized is that, you know, you may get temporary temporary uh, success with, you know, maybe someone at the corporate office or a superior or one of your vice presidents or whatever that may be. But the reality is that is such a short lived thing in comparison to the relationship you're going to have with the team. That's ultimately going to bring you to that next level. You know, it goes back to an, the old Sam Chan principle, you know, that we've that he talks about of who's holding your holding your ladder. You know, if you if you want to climb in your career, you're going to need multiple people who are willing to hold your ladder. Right. And if you've got people holding your ladder that don't have a great relationship with you, who don't trust you, who don't see you, see you giving, adding value to their lives and giving them recognition, then that success is going to be short lived. and It's going to be very painful. So on sometimes all the time we should be allowing others to shine publicly so that we can, um, we can give them all the opportunities they can, they can get as well, which makes them work harder, which makes them work happier which ultimately makes us more successful, you know, moving on to, you know, another thought we put down is, you know, admit what you don't know. The reality here is, you know, um, I've seen this failure so many, a couple of times in my own life and I've seen it so many times in others is, you know, the reality is, is when you don't know something, I would say almost 95% of the time your team knows you don't know as well. And, and, and you got to make a decision on whether you're going to paint a picture of yourself that is a positive picture of, hey, when he doesn't know, he doesn't know, and he's going to let the team know. Or, in part, you know, pardon my wording here, but they're going to also know when you're full of BS. You know, um, they're going to they're going to figure out, got to figure out what you know. They're going to they're going to know and not trust your words. So be willing to admit, Hey, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. It is, is important. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to my abroad experience, I found that when you admit you don't know something that you don't know certain things, you're going to end up those experience and, and quote unquote, older people will end up being your uh, source of knowledge, collaboration, ideas, uh, and you're going to eventually start leaning on those people that have the history, have the knowledge to kind of help you move forward uh, in the right direction. 
And it might be good ideas, might be bad ideas, but um, when you admit what you don't know, it invites that transparency. And that's what's so important. It's important to have that transparency as young leaders and not to be that know-it-all. And once you admit what you don't know, it, it's going to invite that that collaboration, that that what, what you're looking for, and your team's going to be open to you. You know, one of the things I, I've recognized, Cameron, and I'm not sure if you've seen this, is you know, a lot of, especially in our industry, um, a lot of our older, you know, more more seasoned professionals that are in our field, um, if they haven't climbed in their career at that point, they're probably not interested in doing going into management. They've just made a decision to level out where they are. And in most cases, if you'll be very cordial with them and very polite and very friendly with them, they have absolutely no problem mm-hmm. basically giving you all the wisdom they have. Oh, yeah. uh, and that's one of the things that I've learned is that, you know, um, I, I've, I've ran into very few people in my career that, you know, that once I kind of broke the ice with them, that they they didn't have a problem. They, they, they didn't. They, they didn't have a problem with sharing information with me and providing their wisdom to me. And many of those people I still talk to today. And I mean, we don't even work in the same companies anymore. And we, we chat from time to time. So, you know, keep moving on is, is, and I think this is an important one. And I'm going to kind of preface this with a little bit of an explanation is respect their traditional knowledge. This is important in a lot of fields that maybe are rapidly changing um, aviation has seen this in a lot of cases where, um, a lot, maybe it used to be paper tickets and paper, you know, paper, uh, a paper format to now going to digital handhelds and scanners and more updated, um, technology is, is, but the reality is a lot of times is as younger leaders, we don't respect the history and the tradition of what these older these older team members are coming from and i'm not saying we have to live in that past but we definitely have to to have a a a nod and a respect to the past um i I can remember having conversations with employees on my team that used to talk about how you know the the fuel slip process of how how they got the fuel slips and you know how how much more complicated it was and now that we have uh, a handheld fuel delivery, um, you know, handheld and, and how simplified things are, um, you know, just me understanding the history of where they come from and where we are now is is enough. But oftentimes we don't want to, we don't want to respect that history. So respecting the history of and the knowledge where, and where that knowledge comes from is important. Yeah, and then oftentimes uh, this recalls a, um, a an experience in the past is you know young leaders are often replacing long tenured uh, leaders, right? And they have their own ways, which was going on for 30, 40 years. And then when that new, fresh young leader comes in, um, they harp on what the leader did wrong, all the mm-hmm. wrong things that this leader did that what was not right. But yet, there's so much that 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 long tenured leader did so well that set up a great foundation for the organization or business or location and uh oftentimes you have to respect the past respect the foundation that was built at that particular location and move on Uh, you know you don't want to put the play the blame game that you know Mm -hmm. 
because there's usually more to that story. And, you know, there was an experience that, that I encountered where there was a long tenured uh, leader that uh, left the organization or business. And a lot of people were just harping on all the wrong stuff that this leader was doing running the business. But there was actually a good side where, yes, this person set a very good foundation for the business. Yeah, there might have been things that could have been improved on, but that's why you're there as the new leader to kind of fix those things and uh, cherish the past and cherish the foundation that was set for you. Yeah. And, 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 you know, sometimes with, with changes that need to happen, um, a little patience is sometimes needed. I I know sometimes we're in a hurry to, to get, you know, to get new systems installed or to change the way we do things. Um, But a little patience and a little bit of a, a, a little bit of understanding goes a long ways in, you know, helping people see, you know, see how, things could work, see how things could get better. Um, you cannot rush that process. You know, the, 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 another, another point that we come in as we're just kind of thinking through, you know, how do we lead when we're not that, you know, when we're leading people who have more experience than us, they have more time in the job, they're older than us, you know, and we're now that, that leader who is having to lead them is understand your team member's job. This one is so important to me. Understand your team member's job. Understand the idiosyncrasies of what your team members have to do. This is something that I see way too often, unfortunately, amongst a, I mean, amongst a broad spectrum of different entities, is that you have leaders who do not grasp or understand what a individual they're leading actually goes through in their job. Let me give give an example out of my life. So obviously I've spent most of my uh, career working in uh, aircraft fueling on the commercial side. So we, we use fuel trucks, fueling equipment. And one of those things that I've always, um, that I've always seen as a, a tension is there's always a tension between the operations staff and the maintenance team. This is something that you see in every location, no matter where you are, because the operations team is always breaking equipment and the maintenance team can never get it fixed fast enough. So these two teams just clash constantly. So I came from operations. I came from the operational side. I was an operations supervisor, operations manager. So I was that guy out there saying, we got to get the plane out. We got to get everything done. And, and that relationship, was that, that clash happened consistently with maintenance throughout my career. But when I became a general manager, and suddenly I'm having to manage both sides of the house. I realized I needed to actually go over and spend time to, with the maintenance department to understand what actually goes on over here so that I can better lead that department. The example was, you know, when we broke a, when we broke a nozzle and I'm, and I'm upset because it's taking three days to get the new, get a nozzle repair done. It's not because we don't have the team there. It's not because the mechanics are incompetent. It's because the parts have to be shipped in from, you know, six States over and oh, by the way, they're on back order because, you know, 
you know, we're in a, we're in the middle of a, you know, of a, of a shipping crisis at this point. It wasn't until I started to dig in and start understanding how the other side works that I was able to then lead them well, because now I know what's going on over there. So now I'm not screaming and hollering and fussing. I'm just saying, okay, what do you need? What, what, what can I do to help you get this moving? Uh, that makes such a difference is understanding how the other side, the challenges they face um, before you start, you know, interjecting a bunch of changes. Well, we really hope you enjoyed this part two of the podcast series that we're talking about leading when your team is older and more experienced than you. Uh, we hope you really find this content valuable. Uh, feel free to catch part three sometime next week. Feel free to follow us on social media to keep, keep an eye out on when that's getting posted. Again, uh, feel free to give us a, a follow on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You know, take us on, on your uh, morning commute or evening commute to work. Um, again, we hope that we find this, that you all find this valuable. And part three is next week. Um, hope you have a good one and catch us on the next one.